Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Y'all ready for this? This is the Gimme the Hogs Chuck Podcast presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. He is a loathsome, offensive brute. Yet I can't look away. This is the business we've chosen. Long-time listener, first-time caller. So, give me the hog, Chuck. We tried everything that we had practiced that we thought would work, and it didn't. That pretty much sums it up. I don't know that Sam Pittman couldn't have turned and walked out of the post-game press conference, and that would have been enough right there. Texas A&M didn't do anything Arkansas wasn't expecting. They knew all week that A&M was going to try to exploit Arkansas's weaknesses, particularly with the Aggies' defense against Arkansas's offense. They did exactly that, and they were dominant. 174 yards of total offense for the Razorbacks. 15 tackles for loss for Texas A&M. Seven sacks. Forget play call. A lot of the time, they just weren't able to get into the plays that were called because A&M disrupted everything. It was a frustrating day. Bad day at the office. Hogs have dropped three in a row, and that's where we must begin on a new week of the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. I'm going to jump right into a post-game cut from Sam Pittman. It's a longer cut. Now, just for the record, I like this format because we can play longer cuts. I think it gives you a broader picture and a more full context, which I think is important. You're not going to have to strain to hear the frustration. Sometimes we're holding the ball too long, and sometimes there's no time to hold the ball. You're on your back. I think we have a lot of good-on-good reps during the week, which makes us strain and things of that nature. But if I knew the answer to how we could protect him better, you know, obviously last week we tried to move a little bit more, roll a little bit. We had success with those. You know, they were five and six yards. They weren't 60. But they were success. And we tried to neck it and boot. We tried it on the first or second play of the game, and they had a blitz into it. And I don't know if we got sacked on that or he got back to the line of scrimmage. It seemed like the times we were trying to get the movement, the protection outside, get it away from, you know, having to just go win one-on-one, they blitzed into it. We've got a lot of work to do. I still think we've got enough offensive line to protect it. I do. We're just not doing it right now. Somebody. It's not five of them. It's somebody. And as you well know, if one of them has trouble, you, you're in trouble. What I hear is a coach who's about to pull his hair out, who's probably not sleeping much right now, trying to figure it out, what they're going to do to protect the quarterback, what they're going to do to move the football on the ground. They don't really have a bread and butter play right now. You know, they thought, and I'm sure they thought, and he said this after the game, that with Rocket coming back, they'd be able to run the stretch play. And they'd be able to pick up some yards on the ground. And it just didn't happen. And I know in the first half that they had some shots dialed up. They were going to take some shots. You could tell by the formation. You could tell by the movement of KJ post-snap that they were ready to take a shot. But the plays just never developed. They just never developed. And A&M was able to take advantage of everything. Every mistake Arkansas made, Texas A&M was able to take advantage of it. Whether it was a missed block, a missed read, whatever it was, A&M's defense was able to take advantage of it. And 
Arkansas just didn't have any explosive plays. And again, it was just it was just an awful day at the office. Now, I will point out one thing, and I want to go here because I realize that a lot of people right now are wondering, is there hope? I mean, what's going to happen the rest of the way? If you're two and three right now and you've got a red hot Ole Miss team looming and then you've got to go to Alabama, um, what's going to happen in all this? It's obvious when you watch Arkansas play right now, things aren't clicking offensively. I'm not breaking any news when I say that. I've got a new offensive coordinator, new to these guys, not new to us, but new to these guys. I want to go back to Dan Enos' first year as offensive coordinator for Arkansas in 2015. He'd been the head coach at Central Michigan. Jim Chaney had just left as Arkansas's offensive coordinator, which in retrospect was a bad sign because it was a sign of things to come in terms of what Sam Pittman would do after the following season. But at any rate, Chaney leaves, and Enos comes in. And Arkansas struggled the first half of the season offensively. They started the year, they routed UTEP, but then they lost to Toledo. They lost to Toledo in Little Rock 16-12. to And I want you to remember that that 2015 team, Brandon Allen was the quarterback. Alex Collins, the late great Alex Collins, was a 1,000-yard rusher on that team. Hunter Henry played on that team. It's hard to imagine a team in retrospect now as we look back, particularly at the professional careers that these guys were able to put together, it's hard to imagine a team with Brandon Allen, Hunter Henry, and Alex Collins only scoring 12 points against Toledo. But it happened. Just like it's hard to imagine any K.J. Jefferson-led Arkansas offense being held to 174 yards in a 60-minute football game. But it happened. Now, here's what else happened in 2015. And I'm not saying it's going to happen eight years later. But I'm saying it happened then. And history does indicate that it might happen this year. Let's go through the 2015 season after the loss to Toledo. Second game of the season. They're one and one. They played Texas Tech in Fayetteville. Arkansas had gone to Lubbock the year before and had mauled the Red Raiders. Patrick Mahomes, they'd mauled him. They leaned on him. They dominated him. They pushed him around all day long. There was every reason to believe, with most everybody back from that team, that they would do the same thing the following year in Fayetteville. Now, Patrick Mahomes was very good that night, but I don't think anybody walked away from the stadium saying that guy's going to be a Super Bowl champion and be the most dominant quarterback in the NFL. Texas Tech won that night because they whipped Arkansas at the line of scrimmage, and nobody saw that coming. And then the next week, they didn't play very well offensively down in Arlington and lost to A&M 28-21. They were 1-3 at that point. Their only win was over UTEP. And I'm going to tell you, I remember, I remember, in a lot of people's minds, the season was over. Then they went to Tennessee. Somehow, someway, they beat the Volunteers 24-20. Then the following week, they went to Alabama. They didn't play. They didn't win, but they played well. They lost 27-14. to They came back home. They played Auburn. It ended up going four overtime. Now, Arkansas scored 54 points that day. 
Now, the overtimes had something to do with it. But if you look back and if you remember, Auburn could not stop Arkansas's offense in those extra periods. And then they hung 63 on UT Martin. And then they went to Ole Miss, the Hunter Henry Heave game. 53 points. They went to LSU. They scored 31 in a 17-point win over the Tigers. And by the way, that was a night game in Death Valley. Arkansas beat them 31-14. It can be done. They lost to Mississippi State, but they scored 50. They scored 28 against Missouri when Missouri was not good, couldn't move the ball. It was a cold day. Then they hung 45 on Kansas State at the Liberty Bowl. They won six of their last seven ball games. At one point that season, they were 1-3. and three. At another point, they were 2-4. and four. And there was more than a time or two in the first half of the season when they appeared doomed. But they were able to turn it around. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen this year. I'm not saying that, you know, this thing's not going to go south. I don't know. But I do know what happened then. And I do know it was the same offensive coordinator then. The line coach then is the head coach now. It looked as though during the early part of that season that whatever magic they had the year before offensively was gone. And yet, with about six, seven games to go, the light clicked on. And they ended up putting together an eight-win season. And again, I'm not trying to predict the future and saying that's what's going to happen. But I will say this. I don't think we're going to be talking in week 10 or 11 about some of the things we're talking about now. Now, we may look back to the first half of the season and lament the fact they couldn't block anybody. But I don't think this is going to happen all season long. I don't think anything's out of the realm of possibility. Um, I do think, as Coach Pittman said, they feel like they've got their best tackles out there right now. I don't know if there's going to be some shuffling or some looking or some contemplating in terms of the interior three. But, you know, they've got what they've got. And you can't go out and sign a free agent and you can't pick somebody up off the waiver wire. It's going to continue to be a work in progress. I don't have any doubt about that. They're playing a hot Ole Miss team. Hot because they beat LSU. That's a big game to Ole Miss. Big game. Um, I don't know if they're going to – to me, the challenge for Kiffin this week is can they get them to the same emotional level. I don't know. Um, they're not quite as good up front defensively, or at least they haven't been, as what Texas A&M is. Doesn't mean they won't be Saturday. But so far they have not been. And perhaps that bodes well for the Razorback offense too. You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company. All right, before we go on, I want to pause and talk to you about my friends at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. And I say my friends because it's beyond a cliche. And if you've bought or sold a home, and if you've done this with the same person two or three times, and they handle your business well, they do become your friend. Because you've entrusted them with the largest investment you're ever going to make, in most cases. And if you've gotten to the finish line without issue, that's somebody you can bank on. And that's what you get at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. That was my experience as a buyer and a seller. Total professionals all the way around. Familiar with the market. Understanding 
uh, communicative, which is very important as well. I got all those things at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, and I think you will too. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith. They're servicing Missouri now, southern Missouri, north central Arkansas, out of their office in Branson. And you can always log on to WeikerGriffin.com. And by golly, give me those hogs, Chuck. Oh, yeah. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Play clocks at five. They're running the play. They give it to Sanders. Stopped in the line in the backfield. He didn't make it. He didn't make it. They tripped him up in the backfield. He didn't get there. I know that's one of the plays people are talking about today. I heard about it Saturday afternoon after the game, Saturday night, Sunday, today. It'll be this way throughout the week. The fourth down play, where they went for it on fourth down and didn't make it. And A&M went in there and scored, and it turned out to be a pretty big play in the ballgame. I think it'd be fair to say that. Arkansas did not put... K.J. under center, as a lot of people wanted him to do. And Sam Pittman was asked about it after the ballgame. And before we play the cut, I want to make sure there's an understanding of what went down in the post-game press conference. I hear people all the time say, why don't they ask the tough questions? All right, here's what happened. Pittman got up there, gave his opening statement. The first question was about the fourth down play. The first part of the question was, why'd you do it? Here's what he had to say. Sometimes you make decisions on how everything's kind of feeling during the game and things of that nature. And, you know, we hadn't stopped them. They'd missed a field goal, but we hadn't stopped them. No matter where the starting point was, we had three timeouts left. I thought if we'd make the first down right there that we could go down and either cut the lead to one or take the lead. And we missed cut off on the backside and Rocket got hit on it. And, and then we had them third 12 right after that. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to be fine. And they were almost out of field goal range, all those things. And they get a first down and score with 12 seconds left. The worst thing could happen off of certainly missing a fourth in inches. But that was a thought going into it. I, you know, we hadn't been able to stop them. And, and I thought, you know, we might could take the lead knowing they had the ball back as well. I know there's a risk, too, if you don't make it because you're sitting there at the 40. I just felt very confident about our short yardage. We had a really nice game plan. I, I thought we'd make it. We just didn't. That's the long version of the answer. You've probably heard it in more soundbite form since the game ended, but that's the long version of his explanation for that. Now, the question was asked, and the question was answered. You can decide for yourself whether you agree or disagree with the answer. We all have that privilege. You've certainly got that privilege. But for those who say questions aren't asked, it was asked, and it was answered. And then the second question, the second question of the post-game press conference was why didn't you have K.J. under center? Honestly, if we felt better about him sneaking, we would do that. And there's your answer. 
and it should have been obvious all along. If they thought it would work, they'd have done it. It's not like they're trying to not make the first down. It's not like they're all trying to have everybody second-guess them all week long. I mean, they're trying to get the first down. And it has become clear, very frankly, that they don't feel like that quarterback sneak gives them the best chance to get the first down. Now, again, you can you can agree with that. You can disagree with that. You can debate over what that means. But, again, the question was asked. The question was answered. They didn't feel like that gave them the best chance to win the game. One more thing. In fact, a couple more things on football before we go. Looks like John Morgan III is going to be okay. A lot of what they did Saturday was precautionary. I'm not saying for one moment it wasn't serious. Um, But it does not seem as though right now there are going to be long-term effects. He and Coach Pittman said this right after the game. He had full use, full feeling, all extremities. Um, There was a conversation, I know, between the head coach and uh, John Morgan III. His parents were there in the tunnel when they carted him out. They went with him to the hospital. Some neck pain in the aftermath of that. I'm sure it was a very, very scary moment. Not just for the player, but for his parents. But it sounds like everything's going to be okay. Coach Pittman said after the game, Dwight McLaughlin has a concussion. Uh, That does not always bode well for next week. We're just going to have to see how that plays out. Clearly, as we record this, it's Monday. So to offer an end-of-the-week prognosis would would not be possible at this point. Most serious in all this is Luke has in terms of the performance of the team. You know, somebody's got to step up at that spot now. When has went out, and it was so quick that they basically, they basically played the entire game without him. When they went with two tight ends, they had backs and gums on the field together. Varquise Gums is a transfer from North Texas. He caught a lot of passes when he was in North Texas. I suspect if Arkansas is going to utilize the tight end as a pass catcher moving forward, Gums may be their best bet. I'm not sure how they're going to handle that, but just from the outside looking in, that would seem to be their best bet. Man, Luke has a great player, and it hurts to lose him, but it is part of football, and I'm sure he'll come back better than ever this is not the type injury that's going to require um uh, it's a lengthy rehab but it's not like you know having a knee reconstructed or something of that nature uh you hate to say routine but it does happen routinely in football and it sounds like he should be good to go next year hey as i talk about the bet saracen app how'd you do this weekend You know, it seemed to me like, from the outside looking in, it seemed to me like, particularly in some of the NFL games, uh, there were some surprises as it relates to the spread. I was reminded over the weekend how it's not that hard to pick winners, but picking the spread's a whole different ballgame. And if you're going to be the most informed, I know you need to download the Saracen app. I know there are a lot of national uh, sports betting apps. I hear about them all the time. But also know there are laws in Arkansas that keep a lot of those betting apps from operating within our state. So if you are going to be the most informed, the Bet Saracen app 
truly is your best bet. You're going to find out very quickly why it's Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. It's not just the spreads. They got parlays. They got opportunities for you to wager on former Razorbacks. Or if you're just one who likes to place a little wager on the game you're watching, you really do need to download the Bet Saracen app. If you've not done so, do so today. They've got a how-to-play video. They'll get you ready to roll. Speaking of the Bet Saracen app, Monday Night Football tonight, the New York Football Giants hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle minus two all the way across the country playing in the Meadowlands tonight. And uh, the early line, Ole Miss minus 12 and a half over the Razorbacks this coming Saturday in Oxford. Uh, might want to get you some of that. All right, that's it for today. We've kind of recapped the ball game. Um, we probably could have done it in about two minutes and simply said A&M had a great game, Arkansas didn't, and it's on to the next one. But uh, we can't get away with that. It'll be, uh, it'll be an interesting week. I know people are going to have a lot of comments. Big ball game coming up on Saturday. They're having a collegiate golf tournament at the Blessings this week, and we're going to talk some, uh, talk some more about that on Wednesday. Hope you'll be around then. Hope you have a great week. Until then, thanks for listening. Give me an H. Give me an O. Give me a G. Give me an S. What's that spell? Give me the hugs, Chuck. <laughs> Subscribe to the Give Me the Hugs, Chuck podcast. Go to hitthatline.com or search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and share. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.